this morning, this afternoon. Thank you so much, Mr. Hardy. So you all last week, remember the conversation we had? I would that uh, we would do like a, um, like a um, question and answer form to kind of see if we can get somebody to give me a summary of what they remember from my talk from last week. And I want to give at least one person an opportunity to tell me that what I said last week did not follow on death, death is. Just one person who's not afraid to say, hey, thank you so much. Uh, Tell me, what did I say to you last week? <laughs> uh, my perception of myself very often is different. Your perception of yourself is quite often different from what other people perceive of you. That's great. That's good. Thank you for that. The reason why, and that's, that's good. The reason why I wanted to know, if there was one person who would just kind of tell me, is last week we talked about perspectives, right? There's, you have a, you have a, a um, perspective. And then you also have a perception, right? Um, and then there are these realities that we have that when I said something to you last week, I thought I was saying one thing. But when I run into a couple of people, <laughs> I realize I said something totally different to them. So um, I wanted to know what, you know, what, what you remember, what I said to you, because this week we want to kind of graduate on what we said last week. And now that I understand that um, we did get very clearly that we're all seeing things from different perspectives and there are other people who are seeing things that have to do with us that are from a different perspective and then they're casting their uh, projections upon that which they thought they saw. Here, uh, in, we're going to take it from a different perspective. Again, from that same, uh, from that same scripture, Romans. You all got it? The seventh chapter. Paul is saying that the thing that I would do, the thing that I want to do, the thing that I intend to do, when I look at it, I'm not doing it. And the thing I do not want to do, the thing that I said I am never, ever going to do that, some of us, again, <laughs> When I look up, I'm doing that same stupid thing. You all, gentlemen, yeah. wherever we go, 
we tend to always show up. You cannot get away from yourself. Just want to give you all a couple of, of things, and then I think the other part will be coming in. You all, uh, bear with me. You all remember the beginning of my messages. Nobody ever knows what in the world I'm talking about. Somehow, at the end of them, God always drops something there. Like, oh, he would say that. All right. I'm just trusting God that he'll do the same thing today. But I'm reminded of a few people who wrestled with themselves. I'm reminded of a fella by the name of Jacob, which we talked about a little bit last week. Jacob was a wrestler. So much so until Jacob, he knew that what he did was wrong. He knew that the direction he had taken in life was not the right one. When he was attempting to correct, right, and all of us in life have to do what is called these mid-course corrections. You all can write that down. Mid-course corrections. Any car that does not have reverse, don't sell me that car, right? Any life that is only going forward and never takes a stop to think and consider whether or not I should keep going in that direction. I don't want to talk to that person, right? It's called a mid-course correction. You have to take a look and, and see if what I am if you could just make sure each table get one. Thank you, Chad, I appreciate it. Um, if what you're doing, you do not consider, are they in color? Are those in color? Oh, wow, nice. I like the YMCA. Uh, if they had been in my church, they would have been in black and white. So you guys are gonna get a good one. Um, if, if you do not know how to self-correct, mid-course correct. In life, you're gonna have a huge problem. Jacob was a fella who we're seeing in Genesis, making moves in life, recognizing the error, and then attempting to correct it. When Jacob sins, his livestock across the river to his brother's land. And he did not hear cries of a killing fee. And then he sends more merchandise across the river. And he did not uh, receive negative feedback he finally starts to send his family, his children, his wives across the river with messages to his brother. And there were no bounties set on his head. He decides for the rest of that night to stay.
stay on the opposite side of the river from everything that was him. All of what Jacob knew to be him was now gone. And Jacob is lying. The inclination or the insinuation for this moment is that he's lying in dirt using a rock for his pillow. Contemplating, consternating, um, thinking deeply about what his future is, what is going to happen to me. Some would say that he was in a dreamlike state, and I'll rush this along. He was in a dreamlike state to where he saw angels ascending and descending. Remember, I mentioned that last week. He catches one of them in my mind. I see that as this back and forth with himself. Thoughts of where he would like to be, but then the realization of where he is. Thoughts of really wanting to be there, but my God, I'm here. Thoughts of wanting to be up, but somehow I'm down. So much so until my head recognizes more with a rock than the high lofty thoughts of what would be a godly righteous thought process. He's wrestling. You don't see that? He's wrestling. The Bible says that, that some versions say that he wrestled with God. Others say it was an angel. I would like to say that what he was wrestling with was the part of himself that wanted to do good. But he found out that evil was there. In that seventh chapter, he says, I found a law. This is Paul talking. He says, I found a law that where good is, evil is also present. In essence, what Paul is saying is that the culmination of thought the ideal, uh, the philosophical yet theological connectivity to this is no matter how you attempt to separate the two, they must coexist. One will never totally eliminate the other. It's what Paul is saying. He's found not to be a theory, but now this is spiritual law. The reason why I wanted to make sure I tell you all this is because in life we wrestle, but it's mostly with ourselves. It's mostly with ourselves. I see that there's also another wrestler. If you all, and I, and I just, for the sake of time, I want to give you all some time back um, from last week. I know I held you too long. And Andy, he, 
he fanned my coattail about that. Y'all know what that is? Like my, my father says, he's gonna fan your coattail, you better get out of the room. How in the case, I find this other person who's wrestling. His name is Peter. Peter is a fellow who really wants to do good. Peter, though, always found himself to be in a precarious positioning from Jesus. Jesus' mantra and disposition of peaceful modes of operation was totally opposite from that of the zealot Peter. Peter would rather take a sword and chop off the ears and extremities of people. <laughs> Jesus, his mantra was, I, I want to pick up loose ears and attach them back to the bodies from which they belong. You all understand? Like, he, he just, he's, he, he wanted to be a Jesus dude, but there was something in here that just would not let him be okay. His normal uh, was not what he was attempting to uh, feed anymore. He was attempting to feed this new. And the new seemed to always get lost. Do you all remember what happened on the night when Jesus was betrayed? The Bible says that Peter was by a fire warming himself. He's listening to the painful expressions of a person being brutalized, a person being tormented, a person who he knew. I'm sorry for getting loud. Trying to keep it calm because I got about two more minutes before I get loud. Um, who he knew did not deserve this type of treatment. He knew this guy was not the guy who deserved it. Do you know what his real wrestle was? He was living with the guy who did. He knew that the fella in there was the wrong dude. The person who really belonged in that room where punishment was being unleashed was warming himself by a fire. The accused was not guilty, but rather the one with freedoms and comfort is the one who was. He's warming himself. Look at what happens. Hey, Peter, aren't you the fella with the cellar right there. And uh, you all was walking through town and you was making sure everything was right for him for the work that he was trying to get done. Peter's response, it's a wrestle. Hold it. 
He got away from that person, but you want to know what? Somebody else heard it. Wait, 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 wait. No, I think you are because I remember a donkey deal a, a couple of weeks ago where this dude, uh, he lost his donkey to y'all because y'all was walking down this mountain of Bethany in Bethlehem. And, and uh, yeah, yeah, and you guys were putting stuff out in front of him. And man, y'all was calling him aside. You was, you, no. Oh, what did you talk? Hey, come on, man. Peter, bro, I'm the I'm I'm sword carrying dude, man. You want to know what? Somebody else started telling Peter who he was saying he was a few weeks ago. And now Peter is fighting the self that he really wants to be. But he's nervous about being the dude who has to be in that room for who he really was. And the Bible says, with curse words, he attempts to disconnect himself from anything that might cause him to suffer punishment. Y'all remember that? Can you all identify at all with Peter? Have you ever been in that type of a quandary where uh, I want to, but if I do, it's going to be way too painful. This will be way too painful. I don't know if I could deal with the pain. Then, the caveat, a rooster. makes sounds and it was there that Peter's spirit was broken. It wasn't a preacher standing up with a microphone and big old brown jacket on <laughs> talking to him. No, it was a it was a chicken. Now I would. <laughs> I found out 
I'm not the quiet, subtle, docile guy that I'd like to believe that I am. Praise the Lord. Some other people might think that I'm just this real chill, cool, calm, and collective guy who always has my stuff together. Well, I'm telling y'all this. The one person you will never be able to separate yourself from, it's you. Jesus says to Peter, Peter, forget all that what you know what you are saying. Peter, when you've been converted, in essence, Peter, when you recognize, realize that you've erred, you don't have to come to the altar again. Peter, just make sure the dude who's standing next to you is strengthened. To know that when he makes this mistake, you're going to be there, and I'm going to be there, and we're going to be there to make sure he goes in the right direction. That's all, Peter. He says, when thou art converted, strengthen your brother. I want you all now to take a look, because I made my point. I want you all to take a look at one of those uh, sheets that you have in front of you that they just passed out. You all see that? You can pass it around the table however you want. I want you all to take a, a deep look at that picture. Does anybody know what that, uh, what that thing there is called? Crack pond. Huh? Crack pond. <laughs> Broken vessel. Broken. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Anybody know what that is called? Huh? I know what it is, but I can't remember what it's called. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So listen to this. There is this pottery that is um, considered precious. Um, it's a regular clay pot. It's just a regular pot made of clay. This, this clay is spun on a wheel just like, just like the rest of the pottery is spun. It's finished and then it's tempered just like the rest of the pottery is. It's whole. It's a complete piece. But there was an artist, manufacturer, uh, a, a um, what do you call it, um, a creator, right, who decided this pot is just like the rest of the pots that I see everywhere. And I want this pot to be special. So the maker of the pot takes this beautiful tempered pot and drops it. That pot 
breaks, just like any pot would. But then, the maker picks up the pieces. <coughs> and with 24 karat gold, he mends the pot. And with each broken piece, he forms around the broken pieces. And he attaches the whole pot back together. And what happens to the pot is it never can go on the shelf as a regular pot. But what would have been considered useless on the ground is now considered a most precious vessel to be celebrated and its value has been exponentially increased because of the gold that has been layered in between its cracks. Brothers, what I want you all to know today is that God with all of our Stuffs is somehow got a plan for our lives. I told you I was going to get loud. Now. Don't be acting like that. <laughs> that if he gets completed, if he gets to finish, if he gets to keep working with us, that the value of us will be so exponentially more valuable than if he let us alone and let us stay the whole regular old pots that we keep fighting to be. And if you are in this room like me and you would rather trust God's process than yours, would you stand on your feet and just celebrate just like a broken pot would when it's been put back together that there is a God and a creator that is in control and I yield to his suggestion. Brothers, that's what I have for you today. Come back next week. I got a little bit more.